Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. If I took the hit that Milan Hayduk took at the end of this game, my legs would be like rubber. So Denver Rubber Company would have to help me out as they are the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects and have been since 1972. They provide the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses, as well as snow plow blades. I know it's getting into late March, but it always snows in April here in Denver. They always get you. Right when you think it's springtime, the snow will dump. So they can help you out with that as they can cut blades to any length and slot them for mounting to meet your exact specifications. Be sure to tweet at us to let us know if that's what you're doing. If you're using them, highly recommend them. Even if it's for something else, they make all sorts of awesome materials, including stuff that even goes in bulletproof vests. So they have you covered. Be sure to give them a call today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have two convenient locations, one in Centennial and one in Highlands Ranch, with an incredible selection of beer, wines, and liquors from all around the world. And you can even get anything you want ordered in. You just have to call them and let them know about it. It's a great way to get yourself all set up, and you can get signed up for their loyalty program as well to get fantastic deals. Get on it. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hafley. The Avs just lost to the New Jersey Devils in Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Finals in 2001 to even the series at 2, and... Safe to say that third period can only be described as brutal, savage, wrecked, AJ. Yeah. All Wrap right. Wrap it up. That's it. Not over. We're done. We out you. Easy game to explain on that one. I knew it wasn't going to be fun, but I was not ready for the abs to only put 12 shots on goal in this entire game. Mm. Stanley Cup Finals, they get outshot by more than, well, not more than, but by almost triple by the New Jersey Devils. I mean, it was a miracle the Abs ever had the lead. What was it, 35 to 12? 35 to 12. Close game, guys. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, on the scoreboard. 
and you know it's crazy because if you if you start in the first period, Colorado had the lead, and then should have gotten a Sackick penalty shot, which could have changed everything. And a two nothing lead in the first period. Who knows what that game looks like? Yeah, I'm just assuming that Sackick would have scored on the penalty shot because he was Joe Sackick. Well, I mean, there were a million what-if situations there. Bork missed a wide-open net on the yeah. rebound. Note had a great chance later in the game that he couldn't get past Brodeur. Yeah. On the other side, McGillney couldn't buy a goal on Wah. So yeah. it very much could have gone either way there. But the thing, The thing was that Colorado's chances were all, like, of the highest of quality. Not even just the shots on goal, because, you know, like Bork, uh, Sackick's breakaway didn't get a shot on goal. Uh, Bork's, uh, Bork's shot on the empty net went wide. Like, those don't those don't count in that counter. And it it easily could have been 2 nothing after the first period. Yeah. And-, and and then you just don't know what that game looks like from there. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe they still get a Chris Drury makes one amazing play per game. <laughs> in all of these games, apparently. So it would seem, indeed. Uh, and so you still get that goal from him, and then if you get to three, then, you know. Uh-huh. You just win well, back you, then when you make it to three. Right, yeah. like you get to three, and you pretty much just win. But then even if they were to still get their those three, you know, if everything kind of unfolded that way and they still get to the three, you're in overtime, you know, yep. and it's, it's just a different world. And it was... It was it was as as much as New Jersey dominated the majority of that game, Colorado had a chance to really, really, really put the Devils behind the eight ball early on in that game and just could not do it. They just could not do it, especially on the power play where they had chance after chance after chance, and uh, they were in. I mean, they were just not good, man. I mean, their their power play was just bad, just straight up bad, giving up the shorthanded goal even in the game. Yeah. So. Special yeah. teams. Special they matter. Teams, again, the difference in the series. And we've already talked about how rough that second unit is when you take a look at it on paper compared to what any other team, modern Avs, their their first unit is on the ice. It's just uncomparable, basically. And Oh, yeah. It it cost them. This, it's pretty evident on both sides. These teams are so worn down right now. Yeah. On on both ends of the puck, it's just whoever can hang on. So well, this is a this the series is starting to get brutal physically. Yeah. Like it's been it's been physical from the hop, but we're starting we're starting. I mean, John Madden is completely unhinged. Yeah, uh, and getting away with everything. I don't when when you're when you're ripping the stick out of Ray Bork's hand, and <laughs> the referees are just like, yeah, cool, man, good play. You know, you know that you just go for it at that point, right? Just go anything goes, basically. You're living the the kind of charmed life that only third eye blind can relate to. <laughs> I I know we've talked about the hits in almost every podcast of this series so far, but it just continues to amaze me that phrases like "that's a good clean hit," his shoulder connected directly with Milan Hayduk's chin from the blind side, and it's just. I can't unbelievable that Hayduk played the rest of this series after clearly out on the ice in the third period of this game and he would be back for game five. Yeah, I mean, that's 
it's the same. I put this out on Twitter during the game, but it was the same kind of hit that Brendan Lemieux laid on Donskoy in the Avs Rangers game. Yep. That feels like it happened a year ago. <laughs> right. So, you know, it was it was exactly that kind of blindside hit that they've been trying to legislate out of the game. It's the kind of hit that ended Mark Savard's career. Yep. It's it it was that that's that's we look at that as about as dirty a hit as it gets in today's NHL because you just don't blindside guys. The emphasis on not on 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 taking away blindside hits has has been so heavy. It's funny because we we will see a hit like that from a guy like Lemieux in today's game, and we're like, oh my gosh, that's brutal. <laughs> We've got to remove these from the game. And then you go back and you watch a game like that, and nobody blinked an eye. Yep, that was just you know, par we, for the course. It just it it part of the rewatch that I did not expect was the constant the way that I'm comparing today's game versus the game back then. I did not expect that I would be doing that as much as I have been through what is now four games. Uh, but yeah. it's, it, it really has been kind of shocking at times to see just the brutality of the game, even in 2001, you know, and of course people that watched hockey in the late seventies and eighties are like, wow, that's nothing. You should have been around during these times. And it just, it, it's just gotten more and more skill-based but you still see those hits, but the way that we treat them now is it's just very different. And it's, it, it is. It's been educational. It really has been educational and has given me more of an appreciation for the work that the league has done uh, in in trying to in trying to remove those hits and in in in, in trying to edu- help it with the education of head injuries. Although the league certainly likes to pretend that. Yeah, there's some sketchiness Ooh, that, there. Hockey, hockey doesn't lead to brain injuries, <laughs> and uh, obviously we know we know that that's just nonsense. But uh, glad Hayduke ended up okay because that's the kind of thing that could have taken him out. Yeah, for sure. And Steph in the chat brings up our goalies getting hit more back then as well, and absolutely the the number of run-ins with goaltenders has been outrageous. They actually called a goalie interference. For once, this game. Yeah, well, I mean, Gomez doesn't make any attempt yeah. whatsoever. He just plows right on through Wah. And he's like, hey, Dan Heinold's been doing this the whole series, and he totally has a point. Yep. Um, that they, that they just bothered to call a goaltender interference was kind of shocking. And that they that they've called that they called interference at all in this game was kind of shocking after, especially after John Madden waited what five whole seconds. Yeah. To go and rock Sean Podine after yep. the, the behind the play where you're just like, dude, what? <laughs> like, this is what you thought finishing a check was like. He was just John Madden is, is incredible because right now he's he has taken over that. Like, it, it reminds me of the way that uh, do you remember the 2010 abs sharks playoff series where TJ Galliardi was yep. just this monster out of nowhere. Yep. And that's what John, John Madden feels like. He's, he's got that, like he's got the good luck charm. He's got the rabbit's foot in his skate and he's just, he's getting away with everything, but he's also playing like an absolute possessed maniac. And he's been so single-handedly disruptive every time he's been on the ice to both the the Colorado's power play and at five v five, just a, just yeah. an incredible uh, depth depth player making a, a legitimate difference when they're out there. I mean, yeah, it's just the way the game was back then. I was marveling 
First 10 seconds of the game, the Devils get a puck in their own zone, pass it up the wall or whoever. The defenseman sitting there, 1,001, 1,002. And Milan Hayduk comes in and finishes a check. A guy, yeah. no one remembers Milan Hayduk for hitting anybody ever. Right. And even he's out there, you know, trying to run through guys. That was early in his career, though. Early career Milan. He was, was young. Trying to prove it. Yeah, that was two periods before he got his head exploded by Holik, so he was fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, all right, we can take our first period break there. It's always time for a Breckenridge Brewery. Unfortunately, this one comes in as a little bit of a sadness drinking, and I was very sad. I didn't think I was going to be this sad about how this game went, but watching uh, Patrick Waugh do his thing kind of crushed me, so had to go out and get some Breck Brew. You know how it is. I'm pretty basic, sipping on the Avalanche Amber Ale. Nothing special, but it's still delicious, and it drowns my sorrows. If you want some Breck Brew as well, you can get any of their beers, the Avalanche, the Colorado Core, Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter Jr. I saw uh, Cygnus was drinking the Strawberry Sky during the game, so shout out Flyby Cygnus on Twitter. Appreciate you quite a bit. You can get pickup from the farmhouse. Call ahead at 303-803-1308. You can get that curbside pickup from them, and you can get $5 off when you order for pickup if you use code DNVR. Great deal. Get on it. Get your beer. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Rudo and AJ. Walking through this game was a very strange one. Obviously, in the statistics, the Avs got absolutely bodied all night long. But when you're looking at the goalie battle, yes... Let's start with Patrick Waugh going on an adventure and essentially costing the Avs the lead in this game. If he just stays in net, if the trapezoid exists in this game, how different is this whole series even, let alone the game? <laughs> um, The series is different because it means Brodeur can't kickstart their breakouts. Right. And their offense, the New Jersey offense, takes a bit of a hit. So the series on a whole is definitely different because New Jersey would have to play a different way. <laughs> um, obviously, like, we know how the series ends. So the fact right. that, that Waugh cost them the lead in this game, um, this one this one is tough. Sure. Because Waugh was exceptional in this game. Except for that. Except for that. And this is this is this is honestly my Pavel Franco's problem. Yeah. The thing that I struggle the most with Frankie. You can play such a great game and then you betray all of that good work with one or two either really poor decisions or poor execution, and you just kind of just uh, drive you crazy, right? And that's what that's kind of what we experienced with Wa in this one was a, a goaltender fantastic at stopping pucks but not at moving them. Yep. It's just and, just the reality. Not even just entirely on him there, but what are you doing, John Clem? Yeah. Like Tangay is back checking, trying to get to that guy. I'm not gonna hold that on, on Tangs, who nope. 
P.S. has been garbage in this series. And (laughs) not good. And, um, but John Clem, John Clem's just standing there. Yep. Like just stands there and watches his goaltender get worked and is covering nobody. He's just standing there. Like you could have taken the 24 off his Jersey and put a 16 on there. And I would have been like, Oh, that looks real familiar. (laughs) Oh, wow. Shots fired. It would have, cause that's, I mean, that's what we see today. Like, like all too often, we just kind of see that cluelessness, you know, where you're just like, ah, "Come on!" And it was, it was a, it, it was really disappointing because Clem has been one of the guys that I've really enjoyed watching in this series, just kind of gaining a new appreciation for. Uh, in in this game, it was Reinprecht, <laughs> but <laughs> to see Clem's involvement in in that whole play was really disappointing. Just you've got to communicate better. You've got to read the play better. I understand it's happening in the blink of an eye, and it's really easy for us to sit here um, and and be like, Mur, what are you doing? But really, what are you doing? Yeah, the, the answer to that question is not much at all, honestly. But he's doing a lot of standing and watching. Yep, he's, exactly. He did, not, he did not do nothing he did in that five to seven second sequence was considered productive. He had uh, as much impact on that play as the fans in the first row did, basically. Straight up. I mean, they could have they could have cut to Melanie Brodeur for the 9,000th time, and <laughs> John Clem was just as effective. Yeah. Uh, no argument there. You already mentioned Wah absolutely stellar in this game. It's a funny game to look at. Wah had a 914 save percentage, made 32 of 35 saves. Brodeur had an 833 Brodeur was garbage in this series. He gave up two goals on 12 shots in this game. I'm So Brodeur has been garbage in this series, and uh, if it were not for Wah, and you were to give the con Smythe to uh, somebody just for how they played in the finals, right now Chris Drury would be that guy. I think he's been Colorado's best skater through four games, and, and I don't think it's been particularly close. It'd be hard. I think Joe Sackick... First two games were good enough that it, that'd think, be a conversation, but I think Sakic was incredible in game one, and it's just gotten downhill from there. He really hasn't now, been very evident in three and four. I'd say that well, for sure. Like, granted, like they're they're throwing the kitchen sink at Joe yeah, Sakic right. to stop him because they're like, look, we'll we'll take our chances. You guys beating anybody else beating us? Like, we'll <laughs> take those chances. Yep. Because, like, you'll take, hey, Chris Drury, Dan Hynote, and Billy Neiman in, like, you're going to take your chances. You yeah. know, and, and then obviously the rest of those guys, Dave Reed and Dingman and, and Ryan Practice. Dingman got an assist in this game. He did well. And that was based was, off of MVP Chris Drury doing some work. But. Right. Like, it was like, like Chris Drury, like, those are the free assists that, that guys get sometimes because a guy yeah. does something spectacular. And you're like, well, who gave him the puck to do those spectacular things? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we call those the Quinn Hughes assists. Oh, I like that name. That's a good name for those. <laughs> yeah. So, All right. um, I I really did. Um, uh, but but about Rhino, I just want to touch on him real quick because yep. I he does not have he does not have the uh, physical element that Dave Reed and certainly Chris Dingman did. Mm-hmm. But watching him out there, he's so much more skilled than those guys. Yep, it's such an odd line combination, and and I think that the desire to keep 
Poe Dean and Yell together. Yeah. Is a is a big is is a big driving factor in why they're not making better use of Steve Reinprecht's skill. But without Peter Forsberg, this is this is an area where I am one hundred percent like armchair coaching and thinking, what are you doing with Ryan Precht? Like this guy clearly has the most skill of any of your bottom six players. I understand that he's he's not playing with the same kind of sandpaper some of these other cats are. Yep. But you should really be elevating him and try your lineup to take advantage of that guy. Minutes. Yeah. Because they're they're I mean they're not even struggling to generate uh goals. They're just can't get shots on goal, man. You can't even get shots. Yep. I mean, you get twelve shots in this game. You need to start putting some skill with skill, and not not knowing the intricacies of the lineup stuff. Games five through seven. I don't know if there are any uh, Hartley adjustments. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. I I Ryan, watching Ryan Precht. I think uh, is going to be one of those things that I keep an eye on in the last three games of the series because these. What how Colorado is struggling because they're I mean it's not outside of game one they have not generated a lot of a lot of shots anyway yeah no, and in game you know, one it doesn't matter how many shots on goal right. you have you score five you're in who cares games two and three they were about around twenty shots on goal which is not right. a ton and and you know we had they had twelve in this one so you're you're talking about a, a real like you've lost the stylistic battle and you've been getting away with it up until this point. And yeah, the hammer I came down kind of here. Definitely. It definitely did. And I, I really do think that they need to start making an adjustment in the lineup to try and spark some more offense. Cause rolling out and letting, and letting your team play right into what New Jersey is wanting to do is uh, it's advantage New Jersey. Like it's two, two, but their big guns finally got rolling in this one. You know, McGilney should have scored like three different times. <laughs> yeah. Gomez finally got off the schneid, and then Sakura and Elias just just chewed you up. Their big guns did the thing. Yeah, their big their big guns outplayed your big guns all game. Yep. And the, it can't just be Chris Drury. Chris Drury <laughs> is giving you one at least one brilliant moment every single game, and he's he is the guy walking into the locker room after every game, looking around, going, "Can Where I you get at? some yeah. damn help around here?" <laughs> like he and War are like, "Hey." Fellas, anytime we, we try and boys, <laughs> like I, they if they execute a little bit better early on in in this game, you know they they're going back to Denver with the three one series lead, trying to win this thing in five. But uh, just to get back to your Ryan Precht point for a quick second, hindsight's twenty twenty yeah. on that one. There's a reason he's back in this organization as a skills coach as opposed to a Chris Dingman. <laughs> Yeah, well, and and like I understand that that's there's sort of a misfit there. There's yep. there's a there's a there's a lineup problem that they have, uh, and I don't remember all of the injury issues. I don't remember, you know, I don't I don't I have yeah. to go back and look at the roster and say, hey, who else might be around for them to? Right, Yell wasn't even in the lineup at that point. So. But it's it's like there there were there were ways for them to try and conjure up a little offense beyond that top line because right now it's it's Chris Drury doing hero things <laughs> pretty to, much to, to kind of bail them out of some of these some of these situations they don't have an answer for Drury right now 
and that's it. They've got an answer for Sackick, and they damn sure have an answer for that entire bottom six. Yep. You know, right now, Rob Blake, I think, has five points now in these four yeah, games. Blake has quietly been extremely effective off that yeah. back end. Has has wildly outplayed Ray Bork and Adam Foote in this series to this point. Yeah, not not even close. Honestly, Ray Bork hasn't been great in this series. He had that one big goal, obviously, in game three. But outside of that, it's been pretty rough. Defensively, especially. Yep. It's been kind of shocking to go back and rewatch this and be like, Oh, <laughs> not so great. That looks like not a forty-one-year-old so dude. <laughs> yeah, like some real legitimate. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. This is not very good. <laughs> yep, it's it's just Need kind more of more from him. Definitely, definitely, one hundred percent. Also, they called a penalty on Martin Skula, and that might have been the last time in his NHL career he got physical with someone. <laughs> Yep, Dev, never particularly known for that, safe to say. But I guess we can wrap up period two there. Uh, bit of a down note for Ray Bork, but that's the way it goes sometimes. As you guys probably already know, or if you don't, we at DNVR were covering the Colorado Raptors, obviously, with sports stopped. That coverage has changed a little bit, but there is still plenty to cover and learn there. They are hosting a digital league through the rugby, a major league rugby game, and you can get to know the game that way. Much like many of us here at DNVR are still learning, that's a great way to do it. Colton Strickler, our beat reporter, is breaking down the 10 best Raptors games over the last three seasons as well, much like we on the Avs beat are going through these 01 Cup finals, and and the Nuggets guys are breaking down some of their best games as well. So now is the time. Yeah. What are we going to do when this series is over? Oh, we got plenty more. Don't worry. I know everyone in this chat right now wants to watch Avs Wings Game 6 from 96, so at least that's in the chamber. Because next Wednesday we go is Game 7. Yep, that Friday we could do Avs Wings Game 6. Yeah. Let's see if we can avoid some VCR tracking. Going backwards in time, I'm not banking on it. (laughs) Me neither, but you never know. Yeah, I, I, there are other games out there as well. It's it's just a matter of... Oh, NHL Network airing Forsberg's domination of the Panthers in uh, that regular season game where the Avs came back from 5 done, Yeah, five nothing where down. he just went beast mode. And it's like, can you guys just make that game available online? Right, so please. We can watch it. Whenever we want. <laughs> right. Because the only time I've ever seen that game was live. Yep. Uh, when my dad and I were freaking out <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> wow what just happened and uh, on on uh, there was like a really 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 poor YouTube version a few years ago yeah that That's that game very much broke my expectations for hockey but like from then on for the next five six years whatever it was that Forsberg was on the team four or five years yeah. Every game, I was like, "Oh, it's fine. The Avs are behind. They have Peter Forsberg. No problem." <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the point here. Colorado Raptors. Be sure to follow Colton Strickler. Be sure to listen to their podcast to get to know rugby. He's breaking it down with some one-on-one pods, so you can really get into the game. Follow DNVR Raptors on Twitter and 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 help support the Raptors as part of the DNVR community. 
Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Nathan Rudolph and AJ Hayfley. I know we kind of dumped on Bork at the end of that second period, but at the same time, given what we have seen of players like Adam Foote and Milan Hayduk getting murked time and time again, the fact that that guy had a 21-year career is absolutely absurd, and I have no idea how players did it back then, let, ago, let alone, as you were talking about before that, guys like Gordy Howe, who played forever in an age where not only was player safety not a thing, but the equipment wasn't as good, and I I don't know, AJ, were players really just tougher back then? 100%. Life was tougher. <laughs> the world was tougher. All the we're, way around? Now, now we're all just a bunch of soft millennials. <laughs> with, with ooey gooey centers our millennials who, who care about things like feelings and avocado toast and and feast on avocado toast <laughs> i have been told by multiple magazine articles over the years that the reason i am not a homeowner is because of avocado toast are millennials killing the concussion industry aj you know, millennials uh, like we've killed Hooters. Um, <laughs> we're we're trying to kill airline travel right now too. Yep, it's uh, true. We might as we might as well take uh, brain injuries with us. Do something good with our time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We might as well, we might as well rack up one good thing in a in a in our in our graveyard of of activities that we have slaughtered. All right. Here's a question for you. Uh, okay. You're trapped on a desert island. Would you rather be stuck with Melanie Brodeur or Ray Bork's children? <laughs> um, Ray Bork's children. Ray Bork's children. Yeah. All right. I can get behind that. Is there a theory behind this or just because it's not Melanie Broder? Because if I get really desperate for survival, my chances of being able to eat them is much higher. <laughs> Take down the kids is easier exactly. than a exactly. full-grown adult. I don't know, yep. man. They showed uh they showed Chris Bork's wrister. He's got to have some muscle behind that thing. Yo, no hockey sticks allowed. I should be fine. <laughs> Just take them down with raw power. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm telling you, man. I, I like. Uh, I like my chances with the kids, although they're being a, a bundle yeah, of them. More than they might be able to team up on me, gang up and take you down as so, a squad. Well, I've seen all the John Wick movies, so I'm set. Oh yeah, you're fine then. No problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, all right. Good to know because I've seen more than enough of both of those squads of people throughout four games of this series, let alone games five, six, and seven still to come. But definitely a bit interesting knowing what we know now where Chris Bork had a bit of an NHL career. Not had much a good of a pro one. career. Yeah. Very good pro playing in Europe and things like that and AHL as well. So Yeah. Um and then on the other side there's the whole deal with Broder and, you know, remarrying all that business. So that was just a couple years after the, those playoffs as well, which is interesting to say the least. But anyway, if we stick to the hockey, it's pretty clear 
that Brodeur is the devil's weak link at the moment. Great goalie, all that, yada, yada. He has not held up in this series. So how do the Avs solve New Jersey's horrible defense? And by horrible, I mean way too good. Uh, Speed through the neutral zone. Two-line pass? It's the same exact answer that the Avs had to solve against San Jose. Yep. And the teal picket fence last year. (laughs) Same, Same thing. And, I mean, I guess proof is in the pudding there, right? Because Chris Jury is just blowing dudes away. Yep. So, they need more of that. Go in straight lines, skate fast, beat them clean. Oh, this one hurt a lot. This game hurt a lot. It it actually bothered me less, like, knowing the outcome coming in, but not knowing how the sausage got made. I, they didn't deserve this. They got smoked. They... The only reason that I think it hurt is because they walked in with the two nothing lead or the two one third period lead. Yeah. And then did not have any desire to play any offense. Yep. And gave up the easiest, freest goal of the series with that with that wad Clem fiasco. And then gave up like a legit like they just got beat on a play uh for the for the game winner that happened in the last couple minutes and they generated no offense and no scoring chances and nothing meaningful with the with the goalie pulled, and uh, they just they just weren't good for, gosh, probably fifty minutes of this game. They yeah. just weren't they just weren't very good. They didn't deserve this. They got smoked in this game. This is the only game where I just felt like you know what they lost and they absolutely they earned that because you look at the you look at the game two loss. New Jersey had a good six minutes and that was it. In this one, I think they had a good 50 minutes, and they really just – they took the screws to Colorado. I mean, they they really did, I think, just beat them down, and they, they deserved – this is the first game in the series where I thought New Jersey absolutely deserved this win. And it still took them surviving the first 10 minutes and getting awfully lucky along the way yep. to, to get into that position. And I think that's – that's telling to me um, because they they could have easily been in a in a two or three nothing hole, and it doesn't matter how well you play going against Patrick Wall with that kind of lead. You're you weren't going to do much with that. And I, maybe this is good perspective, right? It's as the years go by, you fantasize cup winning teams and and things like yeah. that, and you quickly forget all the bad times. Yeah. Stanley Cup winning team on the biggest stage in the world with the potential to put a, a stranglehold grip on the cup finals yep. lays an absolute egg. Yep. And I mean, a one nothing lead three minutes in, you have multiple power plays. Um, you have your best player having the best season of his career on a breakaway with yep. a one nothing lead and you don't get anything out of that. Right. So it- you got nothing out of, out of that breakaway. You got nothing out of the multiple power plays. They, I mean, the New Jersey played better, but Colorado had their chances early in the game, and they just they they give up a freaking shorthanded goal to turn the game around. Yep, in a like, one game sample size, anything yeah, can happen to any team. Totally, just a total self destruction in this one, uh, and and that combined with New Jersey playing their best, most consistent uh, game of the season. This, you know, the. All the talk about, oh, this doesn't happen to championship teams. 
had 12 shots on the goal on goal in this game. 12 four yeah. per period. Imagine imagine me looking like Pete Sampras at the net just trying like batting batting away Twitter comments after that game. <laughs> like this had happened to the Abs and they were in the Western Conference Finals <laughs> against the Blues in game 4 with a one nothing lead. Oh, no killer instinct. Team doesn't have it. No Don't champion, even bother no playing the rest of the series. Yeah, <laughs> not you know too soft, mentally weak, physically weak, can't hang. Don't belong. <laughs> yep, one hundred percent would be what my social media uh, interactions from Avalanche fans would be. Yep, in the for with regards to the current team. Right. So. Good perspective. I, I think yeah. I'll I'll leave it at that as as we are gonna get out of here for it has this been podcast. Healthy. It has. It has yeah. been healthy to see that they even even the best abs team in Avalanche history lost games and, and just got smoked. Right. It in the postseason. It's huge. It's it's so interesting to to see that actually happen again and and, and have a community to chat with it about live, not live, but live ish as everyone is getting together and watching these games and you can see the reactions of everyone just losing their mind in the moment. Mm -hmm. So it's been super fun. I'm still super excited for the last three games we have coming up. If you want to join us coming up next will be Friday, 6 PM mountain for game five. And then we will finish out the series the following week on Monday and Wednesday, also at 6 PM mountain. Hope y'all will show up and, and have a good time for us, which is a little bit easier knowing the results of uh, the whole series. Yeah. But it's been fun. Thing, this loss doesn't hurt that much because we know what's coming. Right. Exactly. No one, uh, it didn't matter in the end. Takes a little bit of the pain off. There is no doubt about that one. So at least we have that going for us. But yeah, that's going to do it for this podcast. Thank you as always for listening. We will be back tomorrow with a question show. So be sure, go ahead and uh, ask us some questions over on the DNVR on this podcast post, something like that. I know we already have a bunch of good ones, but we'll take We've as many got as one you guys about got. Aliens. Great. So I have to get into aliens tomorrow. So there we go. Aliens. So, as StravaCraft says, drink deeply, live fully, talk about aliens. StravaCraft coffee is the CBD-infused coffee, which you can now purchase in K-Cups if you have a Keurig, as well as whole bean or ground options. You can get 20% off when you use code DNVR. You can order completely online and get it shipped straight to your door. And the CBD is non-psychoactive and can help with anxiety, migraines, arthritis, IBS, any other aches and pains. Or if you're just worried about the world out there, I don't blame you right now, but it can help you calm down a little bit. Again, just be sure to get that 20% off. Use code DNVR20 and maybe throw out a tweet. Let them know that everybody is supporting everybody out there. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche with AJ Hayfully.